And hello and welcome to the program we call Illumination. We come from the Library of Sunset Lodge number 369 in Santa Monica, California. Such an honor to have you here with us today. If you want to get in touch with us, I like to always have this off at the beginning. You can by going to our website, sunsetmasoniclodge.org. That's sunsetmasoniclodge.org. Or send us an email. It's a little bit differently. It's sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. That is sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. And as always, we would love to hear, uh, hear from you and hear what you think. My name is Les Jones, the man behind the, the hot seat, so to speak, as our director. And, and for today, he's going to be a co-host of ours, Brother Michael Wolbach. My name is Les Jones. We have an exciting half an hour for you. At least for me, this is something brand new to me. And I really look forward to finding out a lot more. And we're such, We're so honored to have this wonderful person on with us. She is... We, we hear, by the way, let me kind of preface this. We hear a lot about Masons being a men-only organization. And that's fine. But there's also another organization of Masons that are women-only. And this is really exciting. I want to find out a lot more about it. And we are so honored to have the Worshipful Master of the local Los Angeles uh, uh, Lodge in this area, her name is Worshipful Sonia Bowman. Uh, Ms. Bowman, thank you so much for being a part of our program today. Hi, Les. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to speak with you. All right. I think first thing we need to do is find out about what are you? Um, how did all <laughs> this start? I want to find out about the history of, of your organization. The Women's Grand Lodge of Belgium was founded by the Women's Grand Lodge of France, and they were chartered by French Masons. So it is a different lineage than what most American Masons are used to hearing about, because American Freemasonry was founded out of England. So if you talk to people from my tradition, they'll say that Masonry has always included women, just as there were rare stone Masons on the building sites. Back in the 1600s, there were rare female Freemasons, and there are examples going back into the 1700s. But a little more recently, the Women's Grand Lodge of Belgium was established in, I believe, 1985 in the 80s. And um, Alethea was founded. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary in March of this year, so uh, March of 1999 is when Alethea, which is the Los Angeles, number 32 from the Women's Grand Lodge of Belgium and the Orient of Los Angeles. And so that's how long we've been here. We're one of three lodges from the Women's Grand Lodge of Belgium in the United States. There are chapters in D.C. and in New York. But there are other Freemasons who are working here as well. The, there's the Drauma, of course, which initiates both men and women. And then there are the Women's Grand Lodge of California, which grew out of Mexico and has both Spanish and English-speaking lodges that came together to form this Women's Grand Lodge of California. So you've got a, a lot of lady Freemasons in California all kind of doing, of course, Masonic work, but from a different branch of the same tree, you could say. Well, that's awesome. Tell me, uh, that's a great introduction. How did you get involved with it? What sparked your interest in, in becoming part of this? I 
have always been interested in symbols and in particular I, I enjoy architecture. So you would drive around town and see these amazing buildings and see these symbols. And I knew a little bit about it because I had a great uncle who was a Freemason. And, and basically the one thing I knew was, oh, women can't be Freemasons. Mm. So I had just moved to California and I was uh, flipping through a magazine and I came across this business card size ad and it said, Alethea. Freemasonry for Women in the European Tradition. Wow. And there was a phone number, and that was that. And I, I said right away to my best friend from college who I was hanging out with, I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm going to be a Freemason. And she was like, you're not crazy. Freemasonry is cool, but you can't be a Freemason because, only when, or because women can't be. And I said, you're wrong. <laughs> this is out right here. So no. And so she and I both wrote our letters at the same time. We're what, I don't know if you guys call us twins, we were initiated at the same time. We went through the interview process kind of side by side, but um, I just really aligned with the values right away. I want to be the best version of myself I can be to support my family, to support my community, to support my world. And I just knew somehow that it was for me, and it really has been for me. It's been an amazing experience. That's absolutely wonderful. Brother Michael, do you have anything to bring up on this? I, I need to give him a little no, bit No, I, I, he always catches me off guard because I'm out here trying to <laughs> no, manipulate cameras and sound stuff, and so he always kind of comes to me and catches me a little bit. Um, no, not necessarily. I think that, um, you know, again, uh, there have been women historically in Freemasonry and even in regular Masonry, a few women over the years, which is an interesting thing. Some of them by accident. Some of them uh, snuck in and saw the ritual and then Mason said, okay, since you already know, we'll make you a Mason. Um, but I think that um, it's really great. I think a lot of the younger people uh, in our fraternity are, are definitely excited about the possibility of having, you know, female Masons and meeting at Sunset Lodge, as a matter of fact, which we're very supportive of. So I think it's a really great thing, and I think that that's changing a lot in, in terms of modern masonry. Now, in terms of co-recognition, things like that, as we've discussed before, masonry takes forever to, revo to evolve, and I'm not sure we'll see that happening in our lifetime with the mechanism that it takes. But I, I think certainly it's a big asset having them at our lodge. We're hoping that they'll be more involved with some of our social events and that we can really build a strong relationship. So I know that that's our personal goal. So welcome, and we're glad you're here. Right, you know. and, I, I, and I think Thank that's where you. it starts. Yeah. I don't really, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really think it's super important. The, um, I know that for some people, the acknowledgement, the recognition, I should say, is a really important component of women's Freemasonry. But I feel, are we still on? I feel like yeah. there's yeah. some echo yeah. in the background. Oh, no. okay. Probably a little bit. I feel that there's... Um, there's a lot to be said for women and men practicing separately. It is an ancient thing that's being handed down from generations. I'm from, a, again, a different branch of the tree, so it's different for us. But um, it doesn't mean that the work is not valuable, and it doesn't mean that we can't have that um, fraternity and just really supporting each other. I think that one of the things that a lot of male Freemasons don't really um, – necessarily get behind is because in their mind they feel like there's already an answer for women among American Freemasons, which is the um, Eastern Star, to which we say, you know, maybe Eastern Star works for some women. Some women want to feel more directly 
educated about the um, the philosophies behind it and the symbols. I think that the nature of the work that we do in our lodge is deeply personal and a little less about um, the community as it is the person. So like for our lodge, for instance, you have to write a paper to be considered by the lodge and you have to go through three separate interviews and once you have been voted on to become an initiate, then you have to take instruction over the course of a year. And you're expected to write what we call a piece of architecture, which is basically you pick a symbol or a philosophical topic and you do a journey with it and you learn what you can from it. And, you know, there's a lot of things out there that you can read, you know, online. We encourage um, all of our profanes and EAs and fellow crafts not to read things online, to just really tune into their inner selves and, and teach themselves what they can, because there's always going to be time to read about those things later on. But in this way, it provides a space that is totally unique from anything else that someone can experience in the world. And it's just really... Um, I always tell people who are expressing interest, we have nothing to teach you. <laughs> All we can do is provide you a space where you can learn what you need to learn. Wow. And so in that way, it has been really amazing to be a part of this community of totally different women from all different walks of life, but all with a similar goal of just becoming the best versions of themselves that they can. And I think that many of your brothers would recognize that we are all interested in bettering the world. The charities that we choose to support tend to be for orphans, but we've also helped out with pets and different, uh, you know, of course, weather tragedies and things like that. As the community needs us, we try to be there for people in that way. Um, so it's, I think, a, a good use of time. It is a lot of time. We ask when people express interest in joining our lodge that they take a calendar, they look at their third Saturday, and they draw a circle around it, and nothing gets in the way of that Saturday because you're there at 11 a.m. for instruction. We open our workings at 1. After we close workings, we share a meal together, and the apprentices are expected to stay after and clean up after all that. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot mentally just being there. So when you go home, you're not really going to want to – be going out with your friends and all that kind of stuff. So it is a big commitment of time, but, you know, good things take time. And with time, when you see the masonry start to work on you, you start to see your passions kind of being quelled and utilizing these tools that we've been given to shape the way that you think and the way that you contribute to your community. It's, um, it's really a wonderful thing to see people get better. Great people get better. I think that the American Masons use a phrase I saw sometimes I'm looking for images and it's like Freemasonry. Is this a quote? Maybe you can correct me. Freemasonry takes good men and makes them better. That's right? it. That's it. That's a good one. <laughs> Real good. Well, I, I, wow. I, uh, so I think that brings up a couple of interesting points, too, about Masonry in general. And, and that's that we're not necessarily an organization that's about rehabilitation. 
um, that our goal is to take people that are already trying to do the right thing and just give them the tools and the knowledge and the experience to be able to sort of use those gifts to the greatest to change the world for the good as opposed to trying to take a, a criminal and turn them into a non-criminal and so forth. Um, right. And I, I really like the idea of, uh, hence the good person. <laughs> let's, let's use person instead of man since yeah. we're, we'll take a good person and make them better tonight. Um, and then I think that the other thing, and I applaud you guys for doing this, I think that the idea of maintaining some standards. I think a lot of organizations, the Eastern Star, which we were a part of, my wife and I, um, and even honestly, so a lot of the mainstream Masonic organizations have, have really dummied it down incredibly um, from what it used to be. Yeah. So everything is just, you know, wham, bam, you're a Mason. Um, Scottish Rite does that now in, in L.A. where you, maybe they've changed it since I was there. But used to somebody say, you're a 32nd degree Mason. See, that means I had a half an hour and 100 bucks in my pocket. You know, that's about what it was. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a shame because yeah. I think that you're not giving people something to strive for. You're not giving them that. And, and there's something important in having something to actually work for and then feel you've achieved it as opposed to something just handed yeah. to you. And so I think you guys are on the right track with that, and I think that that's really exciting. I, I'd like to see our lodge move in that direction or our fraternity as well. Um, and we are a little bit here, but it would be nice to see the Grand Lodge supporting that maybe even a little bit more. So I think you guys are doing it right. You know, That's exactly the way that I, I think it should be done. Well, thank you. I really appreciate what you said about that feeling of achievement. And um, that's something that has been such a big thing for me in my life is that you know, when Masons come in, we're very quick to tell them, like, this is not going to better your career. We're not here to exchange business cards and uh, and all that kind of stuff. This is not because that's a big perception that a lot of people have is that, oh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of idea behind Masonry, that it's just a social club and we're just going to help each other in business. But it can help you in business. And the reason is because as you volunteer with your lodge and as you do your work and you start to move ahead in your Masonic path, that feeling of success that you have, it just reverberates into your career, you know, and I, I have been a photographer for more than 20 years. I've had career ups and downs and all of that kind of thing, but it wasn't until I became worshipful three years ago that I finally felt the confidence to go out and get that job leading a department, you know, it's just that my, my skill set had been there, but the confidence wasn't there, you know, so I think that, that there are plenty of benefits from Freemasonry. Some of them we even say, you're not going to have that, but you can, you know, because having confidence in your own abilities, it really makes you more effective out there. You can do more good. It's it's just the leveraging aspect of it all. That's wonderful. Yeah, very but, much so. Um, Absolutely. And then I, I think also... Um, you know, like you said, I think giving people something to strive for, something special, um, standards are important in that, and, and it, it's pride. You're instilling pride in many respects. And, I, I, you know, I tell people when I travel around the world, you can belong to the Shrine and the Scottish Rite and all these things. But the thing that I'm the most proud of is the past master ring that I wear from the Blue Lodge because I earned that. You know, I put a lot of effort yeah. and time in. And, and I think when you travel around the world and somebody sees that particular ring on your finger, they understand what that means, that you didn't just phone it in, that you actually made that extra effort. And I think that it, yeah. it really serves you well, you know. And, and then the, the experience that I got from sort of leading the lodge and, and it really – is beneficial on so, so many levels. And, and I th I'm hoping you're finding the same as Master of Your Lodge as well. I definitely am. It is far more work than anyone could ever know until they do that, right? But that's, that's what you're speaking to. That's not one that you can phone in. You really have to put in your time, put in your love, put in your effort. And 
when you do, it, it really does pay off. But there's no way to know how much work it is until you do it. <laughs> That's really true. <laughs> let me let me pipe in for here for a second, just to remind everybody that you are uh, listening or watching the program Illumination. We're coming from the Library of Sunset Lodge number three sixty nine in Santa Monica, California. If you want to reach us, two ways: go to our website, sunsetmasoniclodge.org. That's sunsetmasoniclodge.org, or via email. A little bit different: sunsetmasoniclodge three sixty nine at gmail.com sunset masonic lodge 369 at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you with us my name is les jones our producer and co-host today is brother michael wallback and we're so honored to have worshipful master sonia bowman as our guest today she's really telling us a lot of things i know many things i didn't know anything about i know you're talking about us about you being a different branch, but I think we're all part of the same tree, and we want to encourage. Thank you. We want to encourage you. Now, you were talking about the study time. What did you say? The third Saturday of the month. That's what that was. We have our lodge meetings on the third Saturday of the month, right. and we require our entered apprentices and our fellow craft to take instruction on our lodge meeting days. Right. So they meet with their wardens from 11 to noon, and then when the masters meet at noon, the EAs and FCs are setting up the lodge tools so that we're ready to meet at 1. Um, speaking of which, we are having an open tile meeting at our meeting in August. Um we're going to have a philosophical topic that day to be determined, but everyone is invited because, again, it's going to be open tile, so Masons and non-Masons alike. Um, I just want to, if it's okay with you, put sure. our website out there. Oh, please do. It's, hey. uh, we do um, womenfreemasons.com, so it's www.wfmla.com. Um, womenfreemasonsla.com and um, I don't have the event up there on the website yet we're scheduled at our next master meeting to decide on a topic but if you can visit there and of course I'll let you guys know when we um, have our agenda set we would love to invite any and all who would be interested in coming yes and be sure and stay on the phone after the program's over I want brother Michael to uh, speak with you and, and get all this down so we can put it Put it on our YouTube channel where people can look it up on that in that respect. Thank you so much. You bet. So what was it like in your traveling through the degrees, being an entered apprentice and a fellow craft and a master? Tell me about your journey along the way. Oh, well, thank you for asking. I, sure. I have to say I really enjoyed being an EA. I loved sitting in silence. I felt a little bit like I was wearing shoes too big. And when they told me it was time to be past the fellow craft, I said, well, are you sure? Really? <laughs> because I really would like to sit here in silence for another year. But, you know, my lodge needed me. Sometimes there aren't enough masters to even open the workings in a new lodge. So they said, you're ready. You just, you know, sometimes you have to do it. So um, as soon as I was made fellow craft, I took a post of Master of Ceremonies, so I got to have a post within the lodge during my fellow craft year, which was a real honor. You know, when you get in there and you're doing the operative work, it feels, it just comes alive so much more. Um, and then I was 
raised master and that was without a question one of the most transformative experiences of my life um one of the things when I'm talking to people who are expressing interest in Freemasonry is please don't read ahead. Right. Please don't read about the rituals. There's nothing incendiary. There's nothing like crazy, but it's meant to be experienced, not yes. read about. And yes. if you really don't know anything about it, it really can have, it can make you have an epiphany. And that's exactly what happened for me. Well, I know myself, I, I ran across that very same thing. I, I was speaking with my dad one time, who's a 40-year past master of, of his lodge, that, you know, a lot of people know a lot of things and post them on the Internet about this and that, but that's sort of like knowing the words of the song but not knowing the tune. And yes. <laughs> does that make sense? Yes, Exactly. So I and I I know when I was I, I think there's another element to that too, which that? and I, I think that she's absolutely right because um, I always tell people the same thing. When I got my degrees, I didn't read ahead, I didn't research anything. In fact, I didn't even visit the lodge, even though I was invited. So when I was brought from darkness, that was the first time I'd ever seen the inside of a lodge room. And I, I think that the degrees do better when you're present. And I think that when people research the degrees and they're reading, you know, Duncan's rituals or something, and and. The thing I look at when I see them get the degrees is they start to anticipate. They're starting to, to look forward to that next part to come. And I think it just takes them out of that moment. And it, it's to their detriment, I think, in all honesty. So I, I think you're absolutely right about that. I think that for some people, the, the biggest thrill is the finding out the secrets. And so I try to let people know right away, there really are no good secrets. <laughs> There's no good secrets. I know. Then none of will make any sense. I love the analogy, Les, that you used about the song because, yeah, you can read those lyrics all day long, but until you see it performed live, it's not going to move you, not at all. And um, that is one of the things that I love about the work that we do. I grew up very religious. I don't practice religion personally anymore. And I, um, I think for me, one of the things that I find very appealing about Lodge is that it answers that kind of spiritual call for me is that we're all working together to bring more light into the world, to be a better place and all of that kind of thing. And, and the ritual to me is very comforting and, and um, interesting, but I don't know that I don't think that it's for everyone. That's the other side of the coin. Freemasonry is not for everyone, but it is for certain people. And for people who have been looking for something like this, when they finally find it, it's such a joy. It's so great that it's there waiting for you and has been there. And and that's the most important work that we do, I think, is just holding those doors open for people who have been looking. You know, I've, I see that a lot nowadays, especially in the last couple of years. Our newer members come in. It's almost as if they feel like they've got they they finally reached home. Yeah. And so that's yeah great. yeah. So especially living so far away from my family because all of my yes. family is on the East Coast. Yes. So um, not everyone has as great a godmother experience. I have the woman who is my godmother is literally a second second mother to me, and we are so close. But all of my sisters. Just like in a real family, some of your sisters are your <laughs> sisters, and some of your sisters you still love and respect, but you don't always have that personal bond. But within a group of people like that, you are going to find some people who will be surrogate family to you if you if you want to. If you're there, if you show up, you put in the time, you get to know people, 
you're going to find your family. And that's such a gift, an unexpected gift. That's really great. It's wonderful to hear. Now, uh, if somebody wants to become part of your lodge or, or wants to find out more about it, how could they do that? Our website tells you, I think, uh, about as much stuff as you need to know. So, okay. again, that one is www.wfmla.com. But just to walk you through the process. Sure. Um, basically, what we ask for is a bio and a statement. So the bio is about a page and a half, two pages, and it just kind of summarizes the big experiences of your life. So anything that was really pivotal for you, and it, you know, can include school and jobs and partners. But for me, I talked about discovering ska music in high school, you know, I mean, like whatever really informed you and changed you and made you. So you put that in a biography, and then next to that, you include a statement which is just three or four sentences about why you want to be a Freemason. And when we receive that, we read that in Lodge. And sometimes we just ask for a rewrite because we feel like somebody didn't go as deep or as personal as they maybe needed to. They viewed it more of like a job interview. Right. But most of the time we say, yes, I mean, if you were knocking, we're going to do our best to let you in, you know? And so once your biography is accepted, we ask for your dues because we do charge um, initiation fees and annual dues. So we ask for the initiation fee up front to make sure that, you know, you're serious. Because the next thing that we do is we ask each of our master sisters, three of them, to take time out of their schedules to meet with you, to interview you. We do one personal interview, one philosophical interview, and one societal interview. And then those sisters write reports. And those reports get read and lodged. And if those reports are accepted, then we invite you in for a blindfold interview. And you are literally, just like when Michael was saying, he didn't see the inside of a lodge until you see the light. That's our goal. So they are brought in blindfolded and submitted to all manner of questions and um again usually we we're doing our best to let people in so by the time you've made it to that point you you've been on this journey you really want it and so (laughs) it's it's a rare person that is turned away but um after the blindfold interview the masters hold a vote and if the vote is a yay then the initiation is scheduled and at that point, you go from being a profane to being an entered apprentice. Wow, that is absolutely wonderful. It's so good to find out more about what your organization is about and, and what it's involved to, to join it. Once again, if you are watching on YouTube, Brother Michael will have all the information down at the body, bottom. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, you might want to check the YouTube channel and get all the info we want to have have as many people as possible that are interested be able to to look it up and get even more information. If you have one final thought that you'd like to pass on to our our listeners and our viewers, what would that be for us? Hmm. That's a tough one. I'm good at throwing <laughs> that those is a out. Tough one. I will reiterate my invitation because it is an open tile meeting on the third Saturday of August. Um, agenda to be determined. Right. 
And um, I just want to say thank you to you brothers. I, I feel a little um, out of place calling you brothers because I know that you are from a different branch that we are. And the fact that you are looking to recognize us in some way and some time frame, it means a lot. It really does. And I really appreciate you seeing us, seeing the work that we're doing and celebrating us because we are, in our view, you know, all part of the same family. And yes. we think that the more Masons in the world, the better. And that's what we're going for. There you go. Well, I know uh, in Masonry, what we believe is truth is our truth. And my truth is we are your brothers and you are our sisters. And it's such an wow. honor. Such an honor to Thank get you, to Ed. know you. You bet. Well, that's that's been our program today. Our guest has been the worshipful master of the local uh, uh, the uh, how is it pronounced? Athea. Alethea. Alethea, Alethea. Lodge, uh, right here in Los Angeles. Worshipful Sonia Bowman, and that's been our program today. If you need to reach us, go by uh, our email at. Sunset Masonic Lodge 369 at gmail.com. It's been a great program. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you, Brother Michael, for all your help. We'll see you soon.